Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grade traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market Report for week commencing 28th of February 2022. Well, what a week we've just had and at a great cost as well. The chat we have today is a very exhausted team sitting down after the trading on Thursday night with a market that traded as high as £260 a tonne on the futures and closed somewhere in the 220s or 30s, goodness knows where it closed. But the point being, it was incredibly epic. And advice on what to do, it's an extreme profit. I don't think it's a time to be gleeful about it, but it's an extreme profit and you need to make rational decisions on the basis of what your instinct says happens next. I can't see a particular downside in a hurry. And by that, I mean 15, 20 pounds a tonne. It might go down, but we're still trading well in the 200s at that level. So it's kind of underlyingly, while there's a war going on in a key grain producing country, it can only be more and more bad news in terms of production figures if you want to just focus on that aspect, which is what this grain podcast is about. So I would just say on old crop wheat, current value for May at time of recording 230x farm. By the time it comes to Monday morning, it could be £20 wrong either way. So let's go straight on to old crop barley. Old crop rape we know is worth $725,000 billion, but nobody phones up about it anyway, even though we're paying these crazy prices again at time of recording. Feed barley probably crept up a little bit. I mean, it's a bit of a feast or famine. Not so many people are wanting to buy feed barley down in this part of the world, although I'm told some of it's being dragged up north by people who want to have big haulage bills if it gets rejected. So we would pay 203x for April stroke May movement. But I don't think there's much feed barley left, so it's kind of like not that relevant. Moving on to new crop, which is much more interesting, and obviously the dynamic on that is uh, we discuss in amongst the chat we have after this price thing. So we'll stick mainly to prices and just say that new crop feed barley is going to be about 185x for harvest. New crop wheat is going to be over £200 a tonne for harvest. 208x for November. Again, this is at time of recording. The market technically was £20 higher than that at some points yesterday. So just bear in mind the dynamic of the swings that we're seeing. The market has had a big drop this morning. That's probably profit taking. But as I say, if you really analyse the situation, I think the pressure is more on the buyer than it is on the seller or the grower. Because the growing of the crop in parts of the world where there isn't a war is going to go straight on as expected. But there is potentially a shortage coming from a major exporter in the world if things develop in a certain way. So the risk is on there being less production. And that's the point. There is more pressure on that being the outcome. So until there's certainty on that, either the person who's got to buy it sits on their hands and goes, we'll wait and see how it goes and see if it calms down. Or things get progressively worse and they go, oh, damn, I should have done it before. I'll buy some now. And who knows what the price will be. 
that holds for every commodity in the same thing. But it is very difficult for a farmer, really, to turn down some of these prices. They are exceptionally profitable, even with the increase in fertiliser prices. So if you've done very little, probably in the next week or two, it's going to be worth doing a bit of it somewhere up in the crazy 200s. Malting barley, again, now I think target price over £200 a tonne for malting barley is always a good thing. It's just where exactly is the true value of it. So as we get towards a dry week forecast, it looks like we're going to get the opportunity to drill some spring barley in God's County at the optimum moment. And the weather seems to be improving, so hopefully we'll get a good start to the spring barley crop and that would be really nice to have a big bold happy sample of malting barley this year as opposed to some of the ones we saw this last 12 months so a good start to the season might just make the molsters relax a little bit but obviously underlyingly with the feed grains going through the roof it isn't going to be cheaper yeah it would just be nice to have a good quality crop so 200 and goodness knows what if you've got something that you want to talk about that one specifically i'm a bit more secretive about that one you can phone us up we're very keen to buy predominantly craft winter barley and diablo or laureate spring barley we have other markets for planet and so on but our main thrust is the distilling quality product because we are quality anyway with that listen to the punch drunk team without any alcohol at that point in time i will say straight after the podcast we went to the pub and kind of stared aimlessly at our dry roasted peanuts and drank a couple of pints and it, it was really the strangest day and the most volatile in my entire career so probably sound a bit hungover from it all with that have a good week thank you for listening please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours If your farm is looking to diversify, the first step is having the right website and logo. We are East Coast Design Studio and we're experts at creating websites that don't just look good, but get great results. Don't send your money to London. We're from Norwich, so keep it local. Call 01603 728 978 or visit us online at www.eastcoastdesignstudio.co.uk. Right, market chat this week is going to be the team again because it's been the most epic day in the history of grain trading or certainly in my time since the Napoleonic War probably. So I actually went walking into a meeting this morning with the best offer at £100 a tonne higher than the last traded price. So who wants to describe the early part of this morning's trading? So Ian and I were in Brighton early and the market was absolutely phenomenal. The States was limit up overnight and just never moved from that position. I mean, you know, Putin is an absolute crazy man. He's probably going to come after me for that, isn't he, Ian? Yeah, there was the former Putin day. I think this one is massively superseded. This is the last Putin day was 2012. In fairness, I reckon he probably went long last week, didn't he? Josh, what's your thoughts? I actually came in first thing to see the UK Open. Obviously, nothing happened. And then got to Cantley for the French Open. It's 42 euros up. Obviously, unprecedented as far as I can see. You know, he's 70 years old and wants to leave some kind of legacy, I think. But good news, Josh, you're going to stop buying caviar, aren't you? I don't know if that's maybe not. Just just Russian caviar, I think. <laughs> I think the market traded at high on the May contract at 260 and it's going to close in the region of 246, 247, somewhere around there. And yeah, bluntly, the biggest issue for a company like ours, and let's be really brutally frank about this, we have many times spoken about what we do, what our trading is. We're very clearly short of futures. On a day like today, we had a margin call this morning. And then we had an unheard of event, which is an interim margin call. So if there's any farmers out there whinging about having sold it and the market's gone through the roof, we haven't sent a letter saying, give me some money now to cover the difference. And we had an epic margin call, to say the least. 
And so we have the responsibility to make sure we've got enough funds to do that and to stay on the pitch. And as luck would have it, we were in the right place with that. But this morning, if it traded at £100 a ton up, we might have been squealing a little bit. So uh, still on the pitch, everybody. The other thing I'd add to that is that, I mean, literally we were having phone calls where at the beginning of the phone call we were quoting one price to the farmer and literally two minutes in the price was either down £10 or up £10 and we quickly had to change it. And I think just so farmers are aware, the market was moving so fast, it was a nightmare to keep up with. Well, you have to be in a market like this, it's pretty hairy and there was definitely, definitely a very solid case of being cautious about it in terms of our pricing. And we were, shall I say, standoffish compared to what we would do because you have to protect yourselves. And I did gather there's maybe sensibly quite a lot of people were out of the market today, weren't they? I think there were words of one or two companies paying some very big ex-farm prices. But, you know, we were standoffish a bit on it. Yeah, I mean, tomorrow, as I said, the prospects looking ahead are, I can't see a downside particularly. I appreciate it's gone up crazy amounts in a very short space. Where is the settlement? Where is the calmness? Where is the, you know, the next step will be, we'll all go home and watch terrible pictures on the news of suffering and people being bombed, won't we? We will, and not to add to everyone's incredibly fraught attitude at the minute but you know china might well go into taiwan now and it could be the time to do it because all eyes are on ukraine so markets hate uncertainty and we are in the most uncertain times we've been in for a long time are you saying that to sort of get a one one because last time we had a podcast i said i think he's going in and you said no he's not thanks andrew people are suffering but you want to make sure that uh, (laughs) that we've equaled the score no (laughs) that's not quite what i meant it is quite nice when the old boy predicts something which happens anyway we were sitting watching boris make his parliament speech and i understand there was a news flash saying nine chinese planes had just flown into taiwanese airspace so whether that turns into something tonight pre that bit of news being official so uh, we'll see but that would be a real terrible moment number two wouldn't it Obviously, we've flown into a like period of conflict, and you know he's waded in far heavier than we ever kind of thought he would have done. But what does it actually mean to trade flows? Because it's very different, and I've heard this I've repeated so many times today in conversations. I have, but 2012 was a year that I can't remember exactly, but let's say, for argument's sake, 40% of the Russian crop suffered drought, was just off the balance sheet. But this is different. That grain is still there; it's still in the system. But it's you know what's accessible where really. I guess for a start, that depends on what sanctions we're going to get, if we're going to get any on that. And also, for the moment, anyway, the Black Sea region is completely out of action. Anything being shipped through the Black Sea is significant. And also, Ukraine as a country is actually very highly resourced with a lot of things. Like, so you've got wheat, sunflower oil, but not only that, nickel and titanium. I think Rolls-Royce dropped 20% this morning because they get 20 or 25% of their raw materials from Russia and Ukraine. So all of those things, how many people are going to be happy to buy Russian? I know a lot of it comes down to price, but I personally try and avoid it like the plague. I mean, I think the other thing there on the trade flows, Ian, and we looked at that this morning, essentially what you could see is China buying all its needs from Russia, because Russia will be the only market where they can go to with China, and then that leaves the US looking for markets. Now, do we get a east-west split in that you've got the US, Europe and Australia doing whatever they do, and then you have Africa, China and Russia... Because let's be honest, China owns most of Africa through debt and South America operating in their own sphere. I mean, that is a big shift, but I don't know, that is a trade flow. Well, the West is dead, isn't it? Obama didn't go into Syria. Was he right? Was he wrong? Donald Trump followed up with 
America first, told the whole world, America first, America first. Everybody heard him. They thought, well, they're not going to look after us, are they? So we're against a guy who's had a strategy for 20 or 30 years heading towards this moment. And, you know, I moan about the government. Let's pick on all of the governments for the last 40 years, 30 of them Conservative and 10 Labour. There's no strategy on anything. There's no strategy on food. I suspect now we will see a U-turn on the policy that Mr Eustace and the Liz Trust introduced. We're going to be relying on third countries to supply us in a scenario where there's war going on. It wouldn't take much for old Putin to stick a couple of warships out in the Atlantic. And, you know, where does our imports come from? We've run on in our podcast in the past about strategy on simple things like rail infrastructure, road infrastructure, coastal erosion, my favourite there is no strategy whatsoever. It's short-termist, and here we are flapping about with Boris making a great speech and trying to sound like Winston Churchill. Putin didn't even want to meet him, did he? And they took the mickey out of Liz Truss. I agree there hasn't been any strategy, obviously, and this has been long-term. So since Crimea, Vladimir Putin's been bombing Syria to flood Europe with refugees and then go into Turkey and say Turkey can join the EU, to all to weaken the West. And we've done a good job for ourselves, I think, to be honest. It's your snowflake generation, Ian. <laughs> I've just started watching GB News. It's probably extreme right-wing news, is it? <laughs> it is, right, yeah. <clears throat> unbelievable. I'd sort of started watching it, and there's these guys. I did agree with them. He said that there's all these truckers, these working-class truckers in Canada, and Trudeau coming out with all of you know his police armed and beating people up in the streets. And then there's a whole load of liberals that pulled down some statues in the summer. None of them got charged. There's no issues. All sorts of rights. No police with batons and beating people up. There's these truckers getting beaten to hell. And then there was a little band of trans people with placards saying, you know, what their pronouns were. What the hell were they doing there? (laughs) That was quite funny. I must stop watching that channel. Anyway, this is a hideous situation and because Twitter and various feeds have been able to show some of the impacts of some of the planes, Josh got a video earlier on of something not very nice on the screen and so nowadays media is going to give us very graphic examples of what this actually really means in real life. You can't begin to imagine it. It must be chilling, especially to you conscript-aged people. He said anyone who opposes me is going to feel something more scary than they can ever imagine in this generation. He's going to get people back who stand up to him. This is completely out of the blue, but here's something else to throw into the pot. And although all my friends around here are going to laugh, a lot of organic grain... Hippie. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. I've got my socks and, socks and sandals on. A lot of organic grain comes out of Ukraine. A lot. And it goes into Europe and it comes into the UK. And believe you me, there isn't enough in this country to supply the organic trade. There is something else. There is another part of the market which is going to suffer. And I will say this out loud. There could be a derogation, which means the organic markets can't buy enough organic to supply themselves. They have to buy conventional. I mean, that is pretty big. You know, the grain that's being produced will go a long way towards being organic, so they can't get any fertiliser, can they? Which leads on to the next point. Fertiliser for 2023, we've probably got a certain amount of production in the UK, but not much. We haven't got enough. Where does it come from? And of all the markets, that one is clearly under pressure or is going to go up in price if you can't get production by definition. Yeah, it's under pressure. So we'll go flat long at 2023 then. Don't sell 2023, everybody. Wait and see what the fertiliser situation is. It's interesting that South America very quickly voted to go along with Russia. You know, Bolsonaro, he said, well done, Vladimir, you're doing the right thing. And there was a link to a cheap fertiliser deal. 
Well, funnily enough, a lot of Fox News, who's obviously got their own views in the US, but they were asking why anyone should even bother stepping into Ukraine. The Fox News is a big part of Donald Trump's campaign than any of the Republican parties. Well, a fact, I did hear that a lot of the American population have said that they don't want any American troops to go in at all. You can kind of see why they're saying that. It is Europe's fight, but with Germany completely hobbled by their need for gas, you know, we are not a united European front. He is the person who's done the biggest actual sanction so far up to this moment against Russia because he's the guy who said, right, Nord Stream 2 is off the much bigger impact to his country. So he's actually done something real that's going to impact. Do you think there's likely to be a domino effect? Do you think he'll go after others? I mean, it's a bit horrendous to think about, isn't it, really? Well, Ukraine, apart from Belarus, is surrounded by NATO countries. So what does that mean for NATO if he does? Well, that is a massive statement. Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania, especially the one with the annexed bit, which I can't remember which one that one is, but yeah, it's their next. They've got to be next. He's clearly defined his Russian empire. Yeah, but they are officially in NATO. Those countries are in NATO. And surely, yeah, that means boots on the ground, doesn't it, really? Will we send boots over now? Bye, Ian. I've got soft hands. (laughs) That'd be a use for you then. (laughs) Dorm, just like the old days. (laughs) The other problem with Ian is he's very tall, and if he walks through the trench, they'll just pick him off. He's got girly shoulders and hips, though. (laughs) He's also got his first football injury. Maybe he went to kick a football this week, and he twinged something in his heel. It was literally just... That was terrible. I don't know. Will we have national service? Will we suddenly reinvent the wheel? Can you see the spotty little oiks of the today actually bothering to go forward and put their names forward? I'll start with this. I'll happily go. I'm 31, so I'm still in my hopefully prime. But I do think any boy that has done, or transgender person that done a topless TikTok should be first on the front line. (laughs) I don't even know what a topless TikTok is. What is it? It's a boy doing a dance, probably with his top off, to a social media. Has your little brother done that then? Probably. (laughs) Yeah, so you're doing this to send henners off to war, aren't you? (laughs) Have you done a topless TikTok, Webby? Back in the day, it probably would have been quite a thing to uh, draw in a few viewers, but not recently, no. You've watched a lot of topless TikTok, haven't you, though, Ian? (laughs) Oh, dear. Anyway, right, it's not really a day to be frivolous. So we will just say that today has been an epic day. There's been lots and lots of conversations. To give advice in a market like this is foolish. There is a benefit to the UK farmer commercially. It must be a nightmare for all UK consumers. Let's all remember that, you know, £300 a tonne for malting barley represents three pence in any pint. But then the added on cost of fuel and all of those things that are going to go up alongside of it will help it towards being probably 25 pence a pint added to what we're going to drink. Everything's going to go up in price. The UK farmer will be better off, but I think it's a price that we would happily not be taking on the basis of the misery that's about to be caused. I think that's fair for all of us to say that, isn't it? So, as I say, we've had a lot of calls today. Some people have decided to trade, some people have decided not to trade. Some of them are 10 or £15 pounds right, some of them are goodness knows where they are. And the guys who traded yesterday, well, there you go, that's classic. So, with that... By the time this goes out on air, let's see what old Vladimir has done next. So with that, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. 
The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.